48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. Beijing's new national security law for Hong Kong will see mainland security agencies allowed to operate here. The Hang Seng Index plummets as the SAR reacts. And Premier Li Keqiang says China won't set an economic growth target this year. More details have emerged in the last hour of Beijing's planned new national security laws for Hong Kong. Under the laws to be put to the National People's Congress, Beijing departments responsible for safeguarding national security will be able to set up organisations in Hong Kong according to need. In a document being put to about 3,000 delegates, the NPC Standing Committee asked the Congress to scrutinise and later vote on its plan to set up established legal systems and enforcement mechanisms here to safeguard national security. It says the Standing Committee can write up the exact terms later and the laws will then be applied in Hong Kong via promulgation or local legislation. Speaking at the MPC, Premier Li Keqiang said Beijing upholds the high degree of autonomy enjoyed by both Hong Kong and Macau and will establish mechanisms for safeguarding national security in the two regions. He was speaking at the opening of the plenary session in Beijing. We will fully and faithfully implement the policy of one country, two systems, under which the people of Hong Kong govern Hong Kong and the people of Macau govern Macau with a high degree of autonomy for both regions. We will establish sound legal system enforcement mechanisms for safeguarding national security in the two special administrative regions and see that the government for the two regions fulfill their constitutional responsibilities. We will support Hong Kong and Macau in growing their economies, improving living standards and better integrating their development into China's overdevelopment and help them maintain long-term prosperity and stability. Local blue chip shares fell by more than 4% this morning after Beijing's move to impose national security laws was announced. All 50 blue chips traded in the red, with property shares suffering the worst. Wolf Real Estate Investment plunged almost 9%, Sino Land, New World Development and Link REIT all dropped by more than 8%. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23.081. That was 1,170 points down on the previous close. Pro-democracy groups say the plan will not only damage Hong Kong and undermine the one country, two systems principle, but also harm Beijing's own interests. A Catholic group is concerned the laws will be used to suppress religious activities, while the Civic Party's Tanya Chan says she's worried that suspects could be moved to the mainland. The Alliance in Support of Patriotic Democratic Movements in China says that the law will be used to prosecute all kinds of speech crimes. Its secretary, Li Chikyan, also criticised provisions in the draft bill allowing Beijing to set up its own National Security Bureau in Hong Kong. It is a complete disruption of the Hong Kong system, of course. And when they impose a national security organisation in Hong Kong, set up by the Chinese Communist Party in Hong Kong, they are also, you know, slapping on the Hong Kong government. You know, come on, put aside the whole Hong Kong government. We are directly taking control. However, the Legislative Council President, Andrew Leung, says he respects, understands and supports Beijing's decision. He was asked whether it was appropriate and reasonable for the mainland authorities to bypass LegCo to enact such a controversial piece of legislation and whether this spells the end of one country, two systems. NPC is using their constitutional power and also looking at the real situation in Hong Kong. And I think uh, they cannot tolerate anymore. This is definitely not the end of one country two system. I think we need to work hard to maintain that one country two system do work for Hong Kong. 
And I believe that Hong Kong people also want one country, two system to succeed, and so is the central government. The Federation of Trade Unions has applauded Beijing's move, saying it's timely given what it says are the growth of separatism and foreign interference in the SAR. Its lawmakers say these factors are to blame for continuing protests and the national security law is needed to maintain stability and allow the SAR's economy to recover. Alice Mack says trying to legislate locally may cause even more problems. The pro-establishment camp, we all try to do our best to push the legislation of Article 23 in basic law. But you can see that it is the opposite side who are trying to do everything to stop and to violate the process. We have waited for 23 years for the legislation of Article 23 in Hong Kong. Do you still have any confidence in the legislation in Hong Kong? University of Hong Kong legal scholar Eric Jiang told an RTHK programme there were already laws to tackle offences seen at anti-government protests, such as criminal damage and illegal assembly. He said he believed Beijing wanted to further clamp down on rights. But pro-government lawmaker Paul Jie, meanwhile, said Beijing had lost patience with the SAR. Dixon Singh, an associate professor of social science at the University of Science and Technology, says big data analysis noted a correlation between last night's announcement of the national security laws and internet searches for emigration from the SAR. He told RTHK's Backchat programme he expected Hong Kong people to resist Beijing's encroachment on the territory, but he wasn't sure how effective it would be. I think Hong Kong will emerge a long-term uh, struggle, a crusade for democracy. You know, just like Taiwan and South Korea, the greater repression leads to greater resistance. What needs to be clarified in the, in the medium and in the long term will be the exact form, the nature, the, the effectiveness of that kind of resistance, given the fact that the, the opponent faced by Hong Kong people is very different from those faced by Taiwanese and South Koreans in the last few decades. Hong Kong's last governor, Chris Patton, said China was failing to adhere to the terms of the handover in 1997. We should make it clear to the Chinese that this is outrageous. We should talk to our allies, our friends around the world, all of whom have a stake in two things. First of all, the continuance of Hong Kong as a great international city in Asia. And secondly, in whether or not China can be trusted to keep its word. China hasn't set a target for its GDP growth this year, saying it's difficult to predict due to the coronavirus pandemic and the world economy. Speaking through an interpreter at the MPC session, Premier Li Keqiang said gross domestic product reached almost 100 trillion yuan last year, representing a 6.1% year-on-year increase. I would like to point out that we have not set a specific target for economic growth this year. This is because our country will face some factors that are difficult to predict. Its development due to the great uncertainty regarding the COVID-19 pandemic and the world economic and trade environment. Premier Li also hailed what he called a decisive victory against the coronavirus in Hubei province, citing major strategic achievements. And China will boost defence spending by just 6.6%, the lowest rate in years. The figure announced at the MPC is down from the double-digit percentage increases of just a few years ago that have given China the second largest defence budget in the world behind the US. Defence spending rose by 7.5% last year. 
Overseas, the Trump administration has announced its withdrawing from a major arms control agreement, accusing Russia of non-compliance. The Open Skies Treaty allows countries to send observer flights over each other's territory to check for preparations for military action. The State Department said it would give six months' notice tonight. The United Nations has expressed concern. Stefan Dejaric is the spokesman for the UN Secretary General. I think we can't stress enough that this provided security benefits for the entire international community by constraining strategic arms competition. Ending such agreements without anything to replace them could result in destabilizing activities such as a dangerous new arms race. A man who filmed the fatal shooting of an unarmed black man in the US state of Georgia has been arrested and charged with murder. Ahmad Albury was jogging when he was killed in February. Here's the BBC's David Willis. Ahmad Arbery was shot dead during a confrontation near his home three months ago, but only after a video of the incident appeared online were two local white men, father and son Gregory and Travis McMichael, arrested. Now the man who shot the cell phone video, William Bryan, has also been charged with murder and with attempting to commit false imprisonment. Police believe Armored Arbery was being pursued by the McMichaels, who got ahead of him and then laid in wait in a pickup truck armed with a pistol and a shotgun. Officials now believe Mr. Bryan was also a part of that chase, although he has said he had nothing to do with the shooting. Brazil has become the sixth country to record more than 20,000 coronavirus deaths. It's reported nearly 1,200 in the past day, a record high. President Jair Bolsonaro has repeatedly played down the risks of COVID-19. He's urged state governors to ease lockdowns and promoted the benefits of an unproven anti-malaria drug as a remedy. Here's the BBC's Katie Watson. Another grim record was broken on Thursday. 1,188 deaths in 24 hours, taking the total number of people who've died from COVID-19 in Brazil to more than 20,000. Not only that, more than 18,500 new infections were registered too. The virus is spreading fast, but with insufficient testing in the country, these figures are thought to be a fraction of what the real numbers are. And experts warn that Brazil is still a few weeks away from the peak. Two French boys have discovered two gold bars lying forgotten in the attic of their family's country house south of Paris. The BBC's Hugh Schofield reports. The two boys were spending the lockdown at the family's country house near Vendôme, south of Paris. One day they decided to make a sort of outdoor hut and asked their father what they could use as materials. He suggested some old sheets that had belonged to his late mother and which were now lying unused in a lumber room. Taking them out, the boys noticed they contained two heavy objects, which they initially left in the room, only later telling their father. When lockdown ended, he took the objects to a local auctioneer who happily pronounced them to be two gold ingots, one kilo each in weight and 50,000 euros, give or take, each in value. Financial news, a reminder that the Hang Seng Index is sharply down. A few moments ago, it was at 23,081. That's 1,170 points down on the previous close. Currency is the US dollar is trading at 107.53 yen. The euro stands at one US dollar and nine cents. And the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 46 cents. Now to sport, here's Atom Chung.
The International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach says he understands why the rescheduled Tokyo 2020 Games would have to be cancelled if it cannot take place next summer. His comments come after Japan's Prime Minister Shinzo Abe admitted it may be difficult to stage the Games if the country does not successfully contain the virus. He made it very clear from the beginning that the summer 21 is the last option. You cannot forever employ 3,000 or 5,000 people in an organizing committee. You cannot、uh, every year change the entire sports schedule. You cannot、uh, have、uh, so much overlapping with the future Olympic、uh, Games. So I have some understanding for this approach uh, by uh, our Japanese partners. And obviously, you have time. You have the luxury of time, which other sports do not. For example, the Bundesliga. But do you perhaps consider that it would be better than no games to have a games that has no spectators there? It's very much a speculation now.、Mm. We will need a, a lot of consultation、uh, there in this respect. Of course, this is not what we what we want. That's the IOC president Thomas Bach speaking to the BBC's Dan Rowan. To football in the English Premier League and the latest on Project Restart, talks over a potential return to playing games in the UK has been dominated by some players' absence from training due to fears over the coronavirus. Several players at Watford decided not to return to training after defender Adrian Marietta became one of three people at the club to test positive for COVID-19. Their captain Troy Deeney, who had earlier voiced his concerns over safety, has also been absent. Former Watford striker Marvin Sordell says players should be allowed to refuse to train with their teams if they don't feel safe. We're in a very tense situation at the moment, and everybody should be able to have their own thoughts and opinions on on the situation that's going on at their workplace. And I think a football club is no different to that. And I think he should, he and other players. Should be able to have the choice on whether or not they go back. Promoter Bob Arum says he plans to revive the boxing schedule amidst the COVID-19 pandemic by staging a card of five fights on June the 9th at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. It's the first of a series of fights over the next two months at the famous hotel. A second fight card will be held two nights later, with ESPN televising both cards. No fans will be allowed. Aram said fighters and everyone else will be tested for coronavirus at least twice during fight week. There's no word yet as to which fighters will be featured. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. More details emerge of Beijing's new national security law for Hong Kong, which will see mainland security agencies allowed to operate in the SAR. The Hang Seng Index plummets by more than four and a half percent as the SAR reacts to the news, and Premier Li Keqiang tells the MPC that China won't set an economic growth target for this year. And that's the news from RTHK. My mother has my mother left in me. How much of my love will be insane to some degree? And what about this feeling that I'm never good enough? Will it wash out in the wash? 
John Mayer on RTHK Radio 3, and the song is In the Blood. And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, this Friday afternoon. Friday, the 22nd of May, is today's date. And we do have a busy show for you. Just after half past one, 
We're going to be hearing about initiatives uh, to support women in business. And we'll be chatting with Liz Search, who is the chairperson of the Women Entrepreneurs Network here in Hong Kong, along with Jatan Jali Da, who is their events uh, speaker. Jitanjali and Liz will be joining us in about 10 minutes or so. And after that, uh, we'll have the Agenda Cafe. And this week, uh, Karen Ko and myself will be uh, exploring the issue of sexual equality for people with disabilities. And we'll be 